got to pass. I hate to be funny. He has to pass the smell test. Right. That's right. God, God is going to show you the canon of His word through the rods. One rod's going to roll. Every rod's going to bow. Check that out. Every rod's going to bow to Aaron's rod. Yep. Because God's looking to the future when every knee will bow. See, Aaron's Aaron and Moses are not speaking for themselves. They're speaking for who? God. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was God. with God. And the Word was God. was God. So, from the very beginning, it's been about God. So the results is in. One stick is alive. What do we do now? What do we do now? So now, now, look, from this point on, in Israel, check this out. Do, do your Bible reading. From this point on in Israel, all it took was one day of swallowing up the ground, a few families dying, several hundred people going on the ground, 14,800 people dying, 12 dead sticks laid before <laughs> the God of the universe, <laughs> and one of them was made to live. And not only was it made to live, but it actually budded. And it, you know, it, wasn't, it was bendable, and it budded, and it blossomed. Man, it was beautiful. Check it out. You, it had to happen in a moment. I had to see it happen. It had to blossom. And then it began to produce almonds. I often thought, how many did it produce? Well, we won't go there, amen? But it produced a lot. So the results are in. God has, the word canon means rod. means measuring stick. From this day on, it'll be the words of Moses. You read your Bibles. Moses and Aaron. From now on, this is it. From now on, this be, from now on, when they hear Moses and Aaron speak, guess who they're going to speak it? God. That's right. Because the rod's been laid. And every rod, all 11 rods are going to bow to the rod of that family. The, the, the Levites. The Levites are the ones going to do God's bidding and God's work. So here we got, now Moses is going to write the five books of the Pentateuch. He's going to write those first five books. And you'll see that if you know anything about reading, if you understand anything about I'm not trying to use the big word John Ray, or if you know the flow of language, if you can read a newspaper, you can you, you can catch what Moses, what God is doing through Moses. He sets a flavor, yeah, and it has a smell. And, and I, I was far to say salvation has a sound. You hear me preach this up. Salvation has a sound. I, Amen. You hear people talk. Salvation has a sound. Amen. One thing salvation does is you hear the person say they deny, they they, they ain't got no problem denying themselves. Now they may not really deny themselves. But they're going to say they deny themselves. They're going to say, look, I'm going to deny myself. I know I have to put myself last. The saved person will say that every single time. They may not always do it, but they're going to say it. So what does God do with the rod? What's he going to do with it? Throw it away? Chunk it out? No, God's going to tell the here. God's going to tell Moses in verse 10. Somebody read verse 10. And the Lord said unto Moses, bring Aaron's rod again before the testimony to be kept for a token against the rebels, and thou shalt quite take away their murmurings from me, and that they die not. And Moses did so, as the Lord commanded him, so did he. And the children of Israel spake unto Moses, saying, Behold, we die, we perish, we all perish. <laughs> Who's ever coming? Anything near the tabernacle of the Lord shall die. We shall be consumed <laughs> with dying. Man, these guys are tripped out. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be too if you challenge God all the time. And this is really where we are. Yeah. This is why people are fearful. This is why there are even Christian people that doubt God's word 
They do themselves such a disservice. You know, years ago when I first got saved and I started preaching, I went, went to stupid old school. So a guy told me this. A guy named R.C. Spall was teaching at the university with RTS where I was. And he said this one day. He said, your biggest challenge, your biggest challenge is staying true to the 66 books of the Bible. He said, the attack has always been on this book, always. He said, because this book is the embodiment of Jesus Christ. Amen. He said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. That's Jesus on foot. That's the Word of God called on foot. That's the Word of God on book. That's the Word of God on foot. That's the one everybody wants to believe in. That's the one everybody wants to talk to. That's the one that said, look, I just listened to Jesus. Well, if Jesus, now check this out. If Jesus has given his authority in this book, if his authority is in this book that we're holding, and people are not submitting to the authority, then you have no problem seeing why society's dying. Right. You'll understand why it's dying. These churches and the people around say, oh, we just, we just, man, we don't, we don't preach the Bible. We don't care what's in there. We just serve Jesus, you know? Well, Jesus gave his authority first century AD. By the time first century AD rolled around, first century, first hundred years passed, when the disciples died, when the apostles were passed, not one single word of Scripture was ever written again. God <coughs> closed the Scripture. Why? He said all he needed to say. Yeah. Remember I told you what God did for 2,000 years, you know, up until Moses, 2,400 years, up until this point, there was no word written anywhere? Right. God done something different here at 1300. You've got to realize, God made this decision. We didn't. He made the decision to write, not to speak from the clouds, but to do what? Write it down. So he put his authority in Israel. He said, I'm going to give you a rod. I'm going to give you a measure rod. This is what you're going to go by. Every word that's going to come down through the centuries, they're going to be false prophets and real prophets. How are you going to know who they are? How do you know a false prophet from a true prophet? How do you know about The rod. Huh? The rod. You'll know. Moses gave, they gave you a you'll, you'll hear the tale. People say, what about this book? What about this book? A lot of those books, in the beginning, I started reading those books, and it didn't take me a half a day to realize they were fanciful stories, things that weren't true, missed, uh, uh, stuff that, that weren't biblical. It didn't even have the smell. It don't have the smell. It don't have the taste. You know, it's got to be the same wood. It can't be just the almond. It's got to be the same wood. Amen. It's got to smell the same. It's got to feel the same. It has to be of God. And it ain't divine. The divine books are here, and, and they all, look, and, and they didn't just get here and somebody go, oh, I think we'll put this one in. That sounds pretty good. No, they were measured. Every book that come along, there's thousands of books every year come along through the years. Every book is going, no. No, it, don't meet, it doesn't meet biblical authority. Oh, and lo and behold, 1927, those two, those two drunken monks. <laughs> I was going to say, after the Reformation, all the way until the early 1900s, nobody really challenged Calvin or Luther or none of that. It was what we did. We read it and they believed it. But when Suzu Street come out, the the charismatic movement, the word on foot, I call it, right? And they they started coming out with, well, you get saved, and then you get sanctified, and then you get the Holy Spirit. It's three different. They got all these. To you, you don't need the yeah. And, and so, yeah. And then so, whenever that happened, you start seeing more and more denominations. We never had 
the last time I looked, it was 40-something thousand different yeah, denominations. Yeah, Before yeah. the 1900s, it was basically Protestant and Catholic, mm -hmm. and that was about it. It was, the thing I'm saying is every word, see, when you hold your Bible, this is, you know what the word Bible means? Books. It's all the word Bible means means books. It means books. This is a holy book. This is God's Word. When you hold your Bible, they weren't put together, I'm, we'll go through this, they weren't put together just willy-nilly. Some, some holy guy, well, let's put this there, let's reject that one. No, no, this was poured over uh, godly men that God used. Look, you got to realize if, if God can, if God, if God has placed an authority, and He has, I mean, it's evident He has, if he's placed the authority, starting in 13, 13 or 13, he, it, he made a decision in the 1300s B.C. that he was going to write his word down for man. Why he did it? I don't know. He did it. It was his way. So he made this decision. I, now check this out. Well, you're going to see even the way God wrote his book. Yeah. It wasn't just to write the book for man. The first 39 was meant to show you your sin. That's why men, and that, see, I told you what drew me to this study is men were going back in the feast days. Men were going back in the Sabbath days. Men were going back in the shadows of things. And I said, man, what is going on? Well, they got hung up in the 39. The first 39, if you see how they're written, they weren't written to make you holy. They were meant to make you, to lead you to a Savior. Yeah. The way he wrote them, the way they're written is amazing because they're going to show Jesus, the real authority. I mean, and, and then God's going to through Jesus. He, he, he's going to die on the cross, and then He's going to. He's going to. How many tribes were there? Twelve. How many disciples did He have? Twelve. Y'all, anybody see the significance of what Jesus is doing? Yes. I mean, it's amazing. If you'll see what He does, even with the twelve families, it was a precursor to the twelve disciples. I mean, it ain't that the twelve meant more than these other. Everything in the old points toward the new. Every single jot, every single tittle, everything, every word points toward Jesus. All these stories, now you're going to, as we read through there, you're going to see where some men done a bunch of sinful things. You're going to read some history. You're going to hear, you're going to hear some crazy stuff men done. You're going to go, oh my, don't get hung up in that. Because that's what we are. Yeah. We're what men do crazy stuff. Yeah. But you got to see what God was doing back there. He gave us the first 39. I called them the first 39, and you had the final the final 27, the final, and I use the word final for a reason. Even the way the New Testament's put together, it's like, whoa, no man could have done this. That's right. What's the last book? Revelation. Revelation. I mean, it's, what he does, it's almost like, wow, look at what he does. He wants you to know that the results are in. That there really is a way, if you really want to get technical, it, once you're saved, so how do I know how much time has passed? I promise you, if you, can, if you want to spend the time, you can do it. You can start counting the years back. Get your calendar, start counting the years back, the months, the moons, and you'll go all the way back, and it's going to be somewhere around 4,000 years of the Old Testament and 2,000 now. You're going to be between six and 7,000 years from total age of, the, of our earth. You know, for years I wouldn't say that out loud because I was educated. I wouldn't dare say that. I wouldn't dare say it. But last year I thought, this is really stupid. I won't say it because I don't know, but I, I can't I can know. I can know what God revealed to me anyway here. I don't have to be an idiot on it. But the word is spoken, the authority. And that's the thing I want to talk about. I want to get in your head. Authority, that doesn't come from man. That comes from who? God. What does men hate? Authority. Authority. And no matter what age we are, we hate authority. There's something in us that rebels against authority. So God established authority, and authority was challenged. What happened when authority was challenged? 
Or suck them up. So what does God think about His Word? He loves it. That must be preeminent. Huh? That must be preeminent. Why is His Word so important? It's who He is. That's right. Um, but Jerry can tell you, how old are you, Jerry? Six, eight, seven? Eight, seven. Eight, seven. It has probably just got to blow your mind. Because you've been doing business, you've been around the world. 45 years ago, if a man told you something, or let's say 50 years ago, if he told you something, or 60 years ago, could you count on him? Was his word his bond? It's supposed to be. No, I wouldn't say. Not most of the time? Most of the time. Yeah. Most of the time if somebody told you you're going to do something 60 years ago, they would do it. And I don't know where But now that time... <laughs> you better get contract. <laughs> contract don't do any good. Wow. That's right. So we're going to talk about God. The reason I said that, we're going to talk about Because look, even the best of us fail at that. That's right. Yeah. But God's going to make a covenant. Not only is He going to, not only is he going to reveal His authority, but He's going to make a covenant. He's going to make an agreement. An agreement. Yeah. And it's going to be called the Old Covenant. And people are going to get hung up in the Old Covenant. They're going to fall in love with the Old Covenant. And they're going to miss what He meant it for. The agreement was to bring them to the end of themselves. See, there's no salvation until you get to the end of yourself. There really isn't. There's people that I've known people for years that really I thought I was saved. And they'll be in a church 20 years. And then all of a sudden, wow, I have finally gotten saved. But sometimes they won't just say, I've gotten saved. They say, well, I finally come to the light. Well, you got saved. <laughs> you, you denied yourself. You took up your cross and you followed him. But the Word of God is such, the way it's written, you're going to see, we're going to talk about next week, uh, uh, the laws of first and seconds, that God started something in the Bible with first and seconds. You'll see a pattern. I want you to start seeing the patterns. It'll blow your mind. Uh, who, was the, uh, who, who was the first child born? You might know the first born child's name? Cain. Cain. Who was the second? Cain. God rejected Cain. He was from the devil. Accepted Abel. Abel. We got to go all the way down to there. Jacob. God, God, God accepted Jacob. Not Esau. And Esau. Uh, look, the elder, the elder come first. Jacob, I mean, Esau was first. Jacob was second. God rejected him. And look, you have to see the pattern. Saul was king. God rejected Saul. Who was second king? David. Man after God's own heart. You'll see these patterns all through the Bible because it reflects God, what God's doing in His Word, even with the Old Testament. Yep. Even with the Old Testament. And people are so thick-headed. Even with the Old Testament. It had its purpose. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's God's Word. It's holy. But you can't keep it. I don't care who you are. You will not keep it. Oh. It's so foolish. It never was meant for you to keep. It was meant to make you fall in love with Jesus Christ. To fall down on his feet and beg him. Like I was talking to somebody, beg him to help you be obedient. Man. Give me some strength to do this. Give me the Holy Ghost. I can't do this on my own. I can't. The flesh. Okay. What comes first? The spirit or the flesh? Flesh. The flesh. You're born a natural man. Then there's a, a spiritual man. The first is rejected. The second is received. The first man was a the first man was made of flesh. What was his name? Adam. Adam. The second. Anybody know who the second man is? Jesus. He was a life-giving spirit. Jesus. Yeah. First man is rejected. Second man is accepted. You'll see. You'll see. And you'll, then you'll get to see what God was doing in the Old Testament. They'll probably wake you up, keep you from getting messed up, and whatever it is people do when they go back there. 
You're not Hebrew. Amen. <laughs> First thing I tell a person when they get saved in our church, there's a book in the New Testament that said Hebrews. Guess who it was written to? <laughs> Guess who it was written to? Huh? Every word, I'm not trying to be weird, every word that came out of Jesus Christ, Christ's mouth was not spoken to you. It was spoken to who? To the Jews. That's right. Every single word. You know why? He had to do it under the law. law. He was speaking to Jews. Is it holy? Is it good? Yes. But he wasn't speaking to you. He was speaking to the Jews. Now, can we learn? Yes. Is it for Paul? Should? Yes. But not the Jewish law. Yeah. He was walking according to the law. It was the first and then it was the second. You'll see a, you'll see a difference after you'll see a difference in Peter before Pentecost and after Pentecost. Why? Holy Ghost. What That's was right. Peter first? He was a flesh man. What was he after the Pentecost? Spiritual. Spiritual man. See, there's a difference. There's the first and there's the second. And once you learn it, you say, wow, this is what the Bible's doing. It's making me fall in love with Jesus Christ. But there's an authority. And that's what I, I just want to tell you guys. Look, and I don't know when you're going to do it. I don't know if you have done it, if you're in the process of doing it. The longer you question the validity of God's Word, the longer, you, the longer, problem, the longer your problems go on. They'll, they'll just keep going on. Either God can make a book. Is it, is it harder for God to make a book? Or is it harder for God to land on a teenage girl? Which one's harder? <laughs> is it harder to make an almond? Is it harder to make an almond bush uh, bloom and make almonds? I mean, a stick? Or, or to keep men writing Bibles? I mean, why is it so far-fetched that God would write His Word? Paul says, we, uh, Peter says and Paul, both, through both those writers, the Holy Spirit tells us that we have a more clear word of prophecy. Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't have to think about cleverly devised tales. And, and, and I want you to have this thing, this book is your authority. And not to stand in judgment of it, but it stands that we stand in judgment of it. That's right. The Word of God. Inspired. And when God said all Scripture is inspired, He means every word. So there's a lot of other books out there. The Catholics have some books. Uh, the, Nazarene, the Nazarenes have some books. A lot of them have some books, but the reason they're out there is because they were rejected. You'll hear a book, you heard, several years ago was the book of uh, the book of Enoch. Yeah, uh, 360 something books right Yeah, yeah. people were talking about the book and I said, listen, there is a reason why the book of Enoch ain't in the Bible. If you look at it, I'll show, I'll show you some verses now that goes against everything the Bible teaches. It was rejected because it's heresy. It was written in the ninth century by some monks. These monks would go off on a, on a, a smoke peyote or something or other, <laughs> words, and they would write these books down. But the biggest thing that we've had, and I need to uh, ask the question, the biggest thing that we've had is in 1918 or 19, the two monks uh, over there at the foot of Sinai, they found two scrolls, Codex A and Codex B, and that's where all the perversions come from out of those two scrolls. Yeah. Until that time, listen, until that time, if anything was in, in the scrolls they found that it was weird, fanciful, or, or stories like mystical stuff, garbage, they would throw them away. But they didn't do that. They took that. When you read your Bible, you say the oldest, you hear this tale, the oldest and best manuscripts don't have this. That's what they're talking about. They're calling them the oldest and best, and they're not. They're perversions. They had all kinds of stories in the pocket for them. They had stories of men flying, of men uh, swimming for miles underwater, uh, uh, for men fighting, uh, uh, becoming Michael Archangel, become a man. All kind of crazy stuff in those two in those two testaments. That is not the Word of God. And that's where a lot of this crazy stuff is coming from. But they took and combined them instead of throwing them away and keeping Textus Receptus which the Latin Vulgate came out of, they took and 
took these two scrolls, and that's where most of the churches found the Word of God on these two scrolls. That's where the issue is coming out of. But this is the Word of God. In the last days, men will heap together scoffers. Yeah, we, we're, in a, we're in some really weird days. We're in the days of not, knowledge will increase, huh? Yeah. You're in the days when knowledge will increase, but it doesn't mean any good. Yeah. Our knowledge increases when you, I promise you, by submitting to it, you'll be a lot further than bucking and rebelling. Amen. You may not, God may not poke your eyes out. You may not burn your house down today, but you won't, you won't, you won't, you won't progress. We have to submit to God's word. So I just want you to understand there is an authority. It started with who? Moses. But it wasn't Moses. Who was it? God was writing through Moses. Any questions? Ben, you want to say something to go? I'm not even sure where I was going with it. You covered it. I wanted to finish what I did. Any questions? Anything you'll say? All I want to say is, me being an educated, it took me two years to read the Bible. The reason why I spent the first year second guessing whether it was real or not. Best thing you can do is not, first thing to do is clear your mind when you go to read it. And just read it. Just flat read it. And where's the Lord, life? Just the, read the, it. The Lord will no give you the understanding. You have no private interpretation. Correct. Well, don't, you do it on your own. You need to have your own mind. But I'm going to promise you, as far as me, these 66 books are it. They're it. They're, they're, it's it. It's the canon's closed. been closed now since the first century. It's closed. been closed. It didn't just happen <coughs> last year. No more. It, this happened really quickly after the disciples died. After the disciples died, all the, all, the, all the healing from the dead, the raising from the dead, the shadows healing people, that stuff ceased. You didn't hear it. You didn't see it. It was gone. Been gone for 1,900 years ago until people started manufacturing things again. We have God's word, his authority, and it stood the test of time. It's brought us to the dark ages, <laughs> brought us into the technological ages, and it's going to bring us home. So to know God's word as your pastor, as your preacher, as your teacher, the most important thing you can do is believe it. Just believe God's word. Uh, any questions? Authority. Amen. Who is authority? God. God. Moses was not speaking for himself. Amen. So, if you want to know how the Bible was written, it was written for these five books. From this point on, from this point on, when Moses starts writing, how will you know God's speaking? How will you know? How will they ever know? By the canon. By the canon. They're going to know by the stick. Yeah. Who's Rod? Who's Rod Moon? That's the Andrews Wallace man. Uh, I don't know if you want to know the Molly or not. Aaron? Huh? Aaron? Aaron's Rod Moon. Aaron was the mouthpiece of Moses. So who was who was the people to listen to? Aaron and Moses. Why? Because they were speaking for God. And from now on, from this point on, when the Bible comes to be, don't think men sit around in the dark trying to figure out what's God's word. They had something. They had something to measure it by. Yep. How do you know when you read a book? Like, if you read something, you know, how do you know it ain't of God? How do you know? You know the Bible. Yeah, the Bible. I think what the Bible says. Yeah. When people can bring me all these books and talk to me about stuff, I don't have to read them. But I don't have to go very far. No, oh, man, this is fanciful. Right. What do you mean? Deal with the money, with the truth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You'll know what the Bible teaches. But first, you got to accept it as being authority of God's word. Is this what He says or not? Like I said, if that ain't what He says. I can't help you. Nobody can help you. But if you believe that what He says, you will move mountains. Your life will change and continue to change. And the faster you believe it, the more you'll grow. Yeah. You won't wake up when you're 50 years now, still doubting God's Word, or 60 years or 70 years. If you live to be 100 years old, you can still, at 100 years old, still be trying to figure this out. 
And as a believer, you can still be trying to figure this out. Or you can just accept it. The evidence is there. I mean, it's there. So this is what God meant. Aaron's rod, but he said, hey, I'm going to close this. He said, keep the rod. Keep the rod as a sign for the non-believers. Sure. 